for those of you that don't know, this is Josh. Um, he runs a lovely coffee shop in Millsbury Town Centre called Off the Ground. Um, and I come here and drink a lot of coffee. Josh has got a lot of, lot of good ideas and a lot of thoughts on, on businesses, I guess, and, and things that aren't as boring as businesses. I just thought it'd be nice to sit down and, and have a chat with you. Yeah. That's all right. I'm not the Teesside Business Podcast, so I'm not going <laughs> to just, just talk about... Profit turnover. Yeah, accumulation. Is that a business term? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, profit accumulation. I've got yeah. what I'm doing. <laughs> How long's off the ground been open now? Um, we opened... Just move that bit closer to yeah. you, but don't worry about it. That's fine. Edit that bit out, right? <laughs> nah. I'm, uh, we opened in March 2017. Okay. So about 18 months we've been open. Yeah. Got the keys in August 2016. Right. However, I was working on it for... A while before that. Yeah. Trying to get uh, premises, writing a business plan, doing market research and yeah. stuff. So I've probably really been at it now about three and a half years, which right. is crazy, isn't it, really? Mentally, yeah. Mm. I think um, you mentioned before that, obviously, I met you and your, your previous business partner, whose name I can't remember. But is that the equation now, so it doesn't matter? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's it called? <laughs> um, Brad. Brad, that was it. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. going to make up a name, like some kind <laughs> of like, ridiculous name so people would laugh. But Steve no. Austin. Yeah. Um, yeah. When when I was to hit the bar, and I used to see you both coming from like a day of like pure physical grafting here. Mm. Um, you, I, I mean, so you both look clothes. dog tired, like just exhausted, covered in paint. Like and I remember you saying, like, yeah, we're opening up like this this cool coffee shop in town. And I, I remember thinking, fucking hell, you putting the grafting. I know I know a lot of people that have opened a lot of businesses all over the country. Um, uh, but I don't think they've necessarily put the graft in themselves as much as you have. They've been there, they've been stressed, and they've been shouting at contractors on the phone. Um, but they weren't building these tables like you did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, How many times have I told you that now? <laughs> <laughs> well, on the last podcast that I did where my, my game messed up, then, yeah, you told me then. But um, I'd be proud of it. And then we kind of said before, you know, like, there's, there's something that, that comes with like putting your stamp on the place, you know what I mean? So you, yeah. must, you must feel nice. Yeah, it's, I don't um, sit and reflect very much about it. Yeah. Um, but on the on odd chance, sometimes I'll have a sit down at the end of my shift and sit for a couple of hours and like actually think about it. And like, it doesn't really feel real, this fact that we did this place and made this look like this. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, like we just been making up, we just made it up as we went along. And, yeah. And I think... Like the everyman, if you like, thinks business people like know stuff. Yeah. But in my experience, all the business people I've got to know since we opened, we just make up as we go along. Swinging it. And yeah. you know, it's just about having the the bravery to just crack on and yeah. do it if you do it wrong and try something else. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like I'd never built a table in my life until whichever one of these I did first. <laughs> you know, ever I'd never even thought about how do you build a table. I just got some wood and like had a go yeah yeah and, yeah. That, and th- that was the same with all of it like, all of in here the brickwork like the counter yeah like everything so cool I'd, I'd be proud it's I understand though and I, I, I think it comes with you know like when you when you're a kid and you look at grown-ups and you're like they must have their shit together oh yeah and then don't. like I guess I'm a, I'm technically a grown-up <laughs> on paper I pay my bills you know what I mean and I'm like I'm still a bit like, oh yeah, everyone else has got the shit together. Yeah. Like, so when you like, think, do they know what's the secret? Because I still haven't found it yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you nobody's told me. You think your parents know things, and you ask them all these questions, don't you, when you're younger? Mm. And like, they haven't got a clue. Yeah. That, no idea, and you just think they know everything. And 
I think as you get older, like no one has a clue. Even like there's probably one percent of the population have been doing their job for long enough that they know what they're doing. Yeah. And are like thoroughly reliable and everybody else <laughs> is just having a go. Yeah. You know? I think like, there's it's funny because the the more the more the more you know, the more you realise there is to know. You know what I mean? The more things you, you think about you like the more you know, from carpentry to how phones work to you know, like you just like you, you can't know everything and the more you think about it the more you realise, you know it's what I mean? It's got deep quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's also like th- there was a short time where I've had quite a strange life in terms of my professional career. Um, winged a lot of it. Had a lot of fun, you know what I mean? Do, and, yeah. and, and tried loads of different things. And by doing that, I've end, I've, I, I often meet lots of interesting people like you that, that just kind of figured it out and, um, you know, photographers, whoever, just people that just kind of like have a go. And I just almost forgot that like jobs exist that keep the keep it grinding you know there's people like sat in the council that got up today and went there for nine o'clock and were like i, th- uh, I don't know what they're doing what what do they do just press buttons and keep the infrastructure going like yeah like I've, I've never had a nine-to-five job in my life right ever and i can't imagine doing it and yeah i kind of sometimes i wish i did because then i could socialize more reasonable hours and uh-huh. you know and see people i have friends who do those jobs who like keep shit going yeah like, like the, the real work for the stuff. grid yeah yeah well, let's call it work for the grid <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like i, I kind of wish i i did do that and i kind of wish i was just part of this m- massive humanity sometimes you know uh-huh. and just going moving along in the same direction as everybody yeah, else yeah yeah but then and that must be like easy that must be obviously people have different lives but it's yeah. necessarily easy but it feels like it must be easy yeah. just to get up and go to work do the same thing come home and yeah like this because this doing doing this like making your own way it's like every day is different and there's a lot probably a lot more failure than there is if you just go uh-huh. and do that so yeah it's it's very hard but from what i've seen in the very brief stints i've had in in monotonous jobs i, I guess i feel people perhaps like you um you might find that you'd struggle in that sort of environment, whereas I, I when I have worked in, in jobs like that, I kind of turn up to my desk and be like, I just don't want to dedicate eight hours to the hive mind, let's call it. It was Virgin Media, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we do a great job. I love my internet, you know what I mean? But it just wasn't for me. It um, for me. <laughs> Sorry, it's fine. Um, I don't work for him, so I don't give a shit. But I gave less, less of a shit while I did work for him. But um, yeah, I, I think it, it's just hard to, to, to kind of do that, to clock in and out. It's easy for some people. Now, I almost feel like ignorance is bliss because if you're just like happy doing that, I'm almost like, oh, that'd be amazing. I'd probably be on mm. 50 grand a year just like pressing buttons on it, doing whatever in nine to five, showing people spreadsheets and analytics and stuff and pointing to a flip chart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and uh, like I said, I talk about these jobs like they're just. I was gonna say I feel like we're devaluing like ninety-nine percent of people here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My people just fucking delete the podcast day <laughs> yeah. as, as we speak. But Unsubscribe. <laughs> because I've spent so long, I guess, in creative industries, I almost forgot that those jobs were real things. Um, and I sometimes I, I guess I struggle to relate to, to people like that because I almost like I just kind of want to grab hold of them and be like, do something. 
like just whatever it is, do, do, do anything, open up a coffee shop, fucking, I don't know, go and fight in MMA, maybe not that. Yeah, but, but like... <laughs> <laughs> if people didn't know that you did anything like that, they'd be like, what is he on about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy bastard. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I just think there's something to be said for, for passion and passion projects. To do it, to jump in like you have and to kind of make it your life and your living is, is, is another thing in itself. So I think you could be quite proud of that. Then again, to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. we, like, we, as a coffee shop, would never survive were it not for those people who came and bought our coffee. Yeah, you know what I mean? And true. like, you yeah, yeah, someone yeah. who's doing a podcast yeah wouldn't necessarily be successful yeah without we, those people who yeah, watching. yeah 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 so it's like it's I think I don't know if people are like meant to do these like two different kind of some people have like a, a a need to go and like find their own way and do something themselves uh-huh. some people don't want to like rightly yeah. so like some people yeah. just want to crack on and like you know 2.4 children and yeah live for the weekend a little bit and yeah I could. I wish like last time. I've never. I haven't had a day off on a weekend for yeah. ever since we opened. Like you know, I'm kind of jealous a little bit. So yeah. there's pros and cons to both, I suppose, isn't there? Yeah. Don't yeah. want to devalue anyone's like choices. Yeah. I mean, on paper, I, <laughs> I'm salaried and I work nine to five. You know what I mean? But it, the realities of the job itself are, are very different, and um, I work like crazy hours. Um, but the hours that I'm not kind of like working with Mike on the. Uh, I'm a business. Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike's the boss. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing things like this and, and or shooting music videos and stuff. With, like, I know, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, it would be nice to just go home. And watch Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, like, it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> and this, this podcast is... <laughs> We've gone a bit of a tangent. Yeah, we? I love it though. It's great. Um... Like that whole kind of Coronation Street vibe, trying not to upset anyone that watches Coronation Street. <laughs> but that, I, I guess that probably kind of sums up like the, the point that I make. I feel it's probably an older generational thing now, but just that kind of like, get on, put the kettle on, have your tea, sit and watch Coronation Street, go to bed, get up, get there. That's definitely true. Like the, uh, the economy now is not like it was. Like no. you used to leave school, didn't you? get a job and you had that job for life in the factories yeah yeah exactly like my dad was a steel worker and his dad was a steel worker I don't yeah. know about his dad but he was probably a steel worker as well you yeah. know what I mean yeah yeah but it's not our economy's not like that anymore like you you gotta get you get a job for five years yeah something changes and then like politics will change massively like we've just been talking about before this podcast about social media it's completely changed everything yeah and then someone will get another job and then a few years later yeah. That whatever they're doing won't be needed anymore, and then we'll get something else. So yeah, it's just yeah, different it, time, isn't it's it? It's funny, like uh, social media itself. Uh, I have, I mean, it exists, and I don't think there's no, there's any stopping it. I think, uh, people, we should be a bit more aware of what we do with it. But like, I want I mean, I work in social media marketing. You know what I mean? And it's a, like I create content for it. So I'm like, there's, it's created like a really strange economy that some people haven't switched on to, and others haven't you know what I mean but yeah you know 15 years ago my job just wasn't a thing um, so yeah I remember my um, just when you mentioned about your dad and, and your granddad my granddad worked on the shipyard and then worked his way up all his life and ended up with quite a good job and then my dad worked on the shipyards and then kind of got out of it and went into sales and I'd done something when I was a teenager that I shouldn't have done I can't remember what it was because I'd done a lot of <laughs> things I shouldn't do when I was a teenager but my dad got in the car with me and he drove me over to Portrack and drove past the shipyards and he was like 
basically, do you want to work there for the rest of your life? And I was like, no, not really. And he was like, well, you need to fucking sort your life out because if you keep doing all whatever it was, I mean, I probably just stayed out late one night. Um, but he was like, you need to get your shit together. Like, that, that's your future. Or get your shit together, go to college, go to university or whatever. Do podcasts, which obviously didn't Did he say that? Then. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a visionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what... Uh, a little bit about obviously with me and you, I guess, have already been over this. Um, but the, the, the ethos around the coffee shop, which I I know you're you're not one to kind of like shout from the rooftops about your achievements and the things that you've done. Um, if you're probably the opposite, um, the, the yeah, your kind of ethos around off the ground. I like spending my money here because the coffee's really nice and the service is really good and everybody's really nice to me. Um, and you know I can come in and have a chat with you and I'd, I'd like to say we're friends now and I've not done for a long time and um, you don't get that from many coffee shops full stop but there's also I have a little bit of knowledge that X amount from, from my pounds that I spend here go to towards a good thing um, I'm going to tell everyone a little bit about kind of where that ethos came from and, and, and what you do I guess is that when you're at uni in Sheffield yeah um when I was at yeah, when I was at uni, I came across um, this charity slash social enterprise, mm-hmm. registered charity, but a social enterprise really. Yeah. Um, which sent students and graduates abroad to volunteer or to do internships in big companies. Those two kind of separate programs. Yeah. Um, and I'd never even heard the word social enterprise before. Yeah. And they got me really, really interested in it because I got into that from going on one of their experiences. Mm-hmm. I had an amazing time in Colombia in 2012 right. class and it completely changed, I think, the direction that my life was going in. Yeah. <clears throat> and I came back and I thought, I want to be able to provide people with exactly the same yeah. experience that I've had. Like, I feel like I need to give back a little bit, so I'll go and join and I'll help them out and end up running that little branch of ISEC, it was called. Okay. It still is called. Yeah. Um, like a few, few years later and became really passionate about a social enterprise. Like, you can do business and and someone can take home a load of money uh-huh. I can do business and that person can take home slightly less money and create massive change in a community yeah um, and provide a real like good service to the people who give you money in the first place uh-huh. um, so I started learning a lot about social enterprise and I knew at that point I think that was something I wanted to do I didn't know how I didn't know what I still don't really know I'm just kind of feeling my way through I suppose yeah um yeah, so we are a social enterprise now uh, because of that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and my mind has gone blank. Yeah, no, sorry. We were talking about how, um, kind of like how, how you got, got to hear, I guess, and the things that Off the Ground does. So, uh, social enterprise, what, what is a social enterprise on paper for, for those that might not know? Well, there are loads of different um, ways social enterprises can operate. At the moment, yeah. there's kind of like one main legal structure called yeah. a community interest company okay. that we're going to be con- converting to actually quite soon okay. um, and it's like a halfway house between a charity and between a for-profit business Right. and um, the idea is that uh, in order to do good um, and be able to give something back to your community you need to be able to make money just like a for-profit business right um, which makes sense yeah. yeah exactly so the profit motive is something that's really powerful yeah um, and if you know people are, it creates massive change in the world um, and that's what we do, really. I suppose we compete with 
other coffee shops in the area, but we do good stuff for our community. So yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that now, I suppose. Um, yeah, so I wanted to start by doing something for the homeless. Um, there's loads of things around the world, loads of problems that need solving. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's loads of things that we could have based this coffee shop around. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm from Middlesbrough, and our shop is in Middlesbrough, uh-huh. and it makes the most sense, I think, if people are giving their money to us here, yeah. that we kind of at least try and give back to Middlesbrough, you know, it's kind yeah. of a cyclical thing. Yeah. Um, and, and at the time when we were opening, and, and now, homelessness uh, and poverty are two massive issues in this town. Yeah. Um, it's not just here, it's all around the country and all around the world, obviously, in the, in the world it's a different, complete, different context, but yeah. um, Middlesbrough suffers a lot more than most of this country. Yeah. Um, so that made complete sense. So we thought, right, we'll, we'll open this coffee shop. We'll be a social enterprise. We want to give back. Probably the most apt and relevant way we can yeah. give back at the moment is by helping people who are on the streets. Yeah. Um, so that's what we do, and that's what we've been doing since the start. Um, we run a soup kitchen on a Sunday afternoon where we give away uh, soup, sandwiches, cake, any drinks off the menu that the guys who come want. Um, anyone can come. Uh, it's it's completely open, but most of the people are... Like living chaotic lifestyles, yeah, and living in some kind of it's managed nice way accommodation, to put it. yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them on the streets, but there actually aren't that many people sleeping on the streets, right? Um, but you're still homeless if you haven't got a permanent home, and there's a lot and lots and lots of people who don't, yeah. And there's problems that come, you know, there's it's obviously great if you can get off the streets, but there's there's still not ideal scenarios, you know what I mean? People have beds, but that's a, about it, you know what I mean? Exactly, and a lot of time it's shared accommodation living in close quarters with people that you know if, if if you're recovering from like a potential drug addiction or not to generalize but there might be other people there that are taking drugs and it's, it's such a absolutely vicious cycle absolutely that. there's probably uh, you know i don't want to put a, fa- a, a, a number on it really but i would say two-thirds if not three-quarters if not more of the people who come to our soup kitchen i'll call it um either have issues with substance abuse uh-huh. or have had issues with substance abuse and yeah. in recovery. Um, and it is a massive issue, you know, if you're trying to get off a certain kind of drug and then you go and stay in this shared accommodation, everybody else is on it. Yeah. Like, what the likelihood that you're going to stick yeah, to that yeah, path? Yeah. Like, there's almost no chance. Yeah. Um, and that's what it, that's what the situation is like. And it's really hard to turn people's lives around. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not here necessarily to, you know, try and do that. You know, people who are living, uh, who are homeless or in, in that kind of circumstance, you know, they never wanted this in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't wake up in the morning and think, you know what, I'm going to go out and get absolutely off my head and yeah. do things that I, I know if I was of sound mind at the moment, I would regret. Yeah. They don't think that. It's, they're just going through this completely chaotic moment in their lives. Yeah. And there are people who get through it and turn out, end up being like, being like, completely normal members of society again. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. But those people who do, like, kind of re-enter normal society don't necessarily talk about it. People yeah. are ashamed. There's a lot more people who have gone through homelessness and addiction and have come back to, like, the real world and no yeah. one even knows. Yeah, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we just provide a bit of a bit of comfort and a bit of warmth and a bit of, like, decent food for them, really. And yeah. Like, most... Soup kitchens or any, there's loads of places you can get free food every week in Middlesbrough, which is really great, and yeah. the whole community really like bands together. Um, but like some of them, are like not devaluing them or anything, but some of them are like just in underpasses or stood in car parks, and yeah. you, you stand in a queue and you get your like slops essentially in like a cardboard container, and yeah. 
but in here people come in they sit down we serve them at the table we take their orders we take stuff out like it's only like a sandwich and some soup but it's yeah. a bit more dignified I think yeah um, some people get dressed up to come here yeah. you know what I mean like which I think is amazing it's sad in a way yeah it's heartbreaking isn't it yeah yeah but it's lovely yeah and I think that's a bit, what we do is a good thing there's uh, I, I'm happy about it but there's loads more we'd love to do yeah um, as you mentioned earlier my business partner in the first place left a mm. year in and really kind of dropped us in it financially I kind of had to rejig a load of things yeah um, and that means we haven't been able to do as much and as many kind of projects and stuff that we've wanted to do yeah um, so we're still just you know doing this handing stuff out and uh, it doesn't create massive change but it does help yeah um, and we're obviously we're intended on building on that We've got a couple of things in the pipeline at the moment which are really exciting yeah um, Ben who's taking photographs here his girlfriend's runs Hi a ben. Ben's here, everybody. <laughs> 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 he runs a, uh, his girlfriend runs a, uh, a social enterprise okay. uh, run by students at the university called Anactus All right. and they're working on a community fridge and I'm trying to help them out as much as possible Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll have a community fridge up and running where businesses in the town can uh, if they've got waste well not waste food we call it surplus food because yeah. it's not waste um, the service food can be put in that fridge and people can take it anybody who needs okay. it um, even if these people these people don't have to be homeless or anything but it's better than going in the bin you know yeah, it's, waste, yeah. it's surplus food at the end of the day yeah. and there's loads of supermarkets loads of small businesses uh, and loads of individuals actually who have food perfectly good food that gets thrown away and this yeah. is one solution I suppose to getting food to people who need it without yeah. you know having to reintroduce new food into the system so yeah. that's a really cool thing it's really exciting and there's loads of those have started up around the country in the last kind of two years yeah before that I don't think there was any and the first one was in Brixton I think and right the next one was in Bristol Makes two sense. kind of really well known like up and coming progressive yeah, areas yeah 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 and people have kind of kicked on after that and yeah um, yeah kind of coordinated a little bit by a charity called Hubbub right um, but yeah community fridges are ace so if you don't know anything about them look into them yeah, but yeah. we're trying to start one off I'll have a look cool. yeah yeah because yeah. it's the th- even it's so hard to for people to give something back sometimes. I think, and I'm guilty of it, where you, you know, I, I walk up and down Newtown Road most days um, to the point where, you know, I know some of the homeless people or less fortunate people. I know some of them by name. Like, you know, some mm-hmm. of them says hello to the dogs. Um, but, and... Sorry. It's all right. From wherever your kind of, your, your standpoint is, you're always, I mean, you're always kind of thinking, well, like we've all got bills to pay. We'd all like to give X amount of money to, to whatever, but you think, well, I, you know, I, I need to cover my own ass, mm-hmm. I think is what a lot of people are thinking, which is totally fine. So then to, to kind of, and it, it's hard to know what the, what the right thing is to do sometimes if, 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 you are, uh, if you are trying to help the community. I guess sometimes you think, well, where, where the fuck do you start, really? Because, yeah. um, you know, the, there's so much stigma around charities. Um, I don't know anything about the ins and outs of, of how they work, but people say, like, oh, don't give your money to Red Cross because actually, if you give them a tenner, 50 pence of it actually goes to the cause, the rest of it goes towards admin fees. Um, again, I'm not skilled enough to know if that's true or not, so I'm not even going to get into that. You oh, might know this a little bit more than me. Like, I'm really passionate about it. Okay. okay. Um, so, so, yeah, it, it's hard. But something like a community fridge, 
um, I, I feel like, especially me, I could get behind. Like if I knew there was one somewhere in Middlesbrough, um, you know, every week I kind of do the food shopping with Lottie or whatever. Um, I can, I, I'm aware enough to think, right, I'll get some some bits to, to kind of put in there. Or, you know, if, if stuff's just kind of been in your cupboards for a while, you can go, well, yeah, there's someone that might need that a little bit more than me. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Exactly. It's really easy to kind of get behind, really easy to understand yeah. for people, isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I really want to, like, plug something that has nothing to do with me. Go for it, yeah. Like, yeah. something, like I said, I'm really interested about social enterprises. This is a class TED Talk okay. called Why the Way We Think About Charity is Dead Wrong. Right. By a guy called Dan Pallotta. Yeah. Um, and he made hundreds of millions of dollars for mm-hmm. AIDS and cancer charities in the US. Right. Um, really amazing guy, like, uh-huh. proper inspirational. And you watch him, like, you know, he could tell you anything and you believe it to some extent. But yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's so great. He's done amazing stuff. Um, and it, it, this TED Talk is all about, uh, like, the way we think about the way charities spend money. Yeah. So people, uh, charities usually advertise like, oh, well, you know, if you, if you give us a tenner, like we can guarantee you that that 10 pounds is going to go directly to the cause. Okay. And if you think about it, like that's like a little bit stupid. Like you should spend that 10 pounds on advertising, really. Okay. That advertising could make you a thousand pounds. Right. You know, yeah. uh, and then the thousand pound goes to the cause. So what would you yeah. rather? Um, you know, that's, that's an extreme example. Yeah. Um, but charities try and keep their costs as low as possible. But because they keep the costs as low as possible, they're really inhibited from growing as much as uh, mm. like a for-profit business can. Yeah. You know, Amazon, I don't think, returned any dividends to a shareholder for five years okay. because all the shareholders believed in their, uh, their like, aim to grow their market share and invest right. all that money that they'd made back into the company to grow it. And like, imagine, in 10 years' time. Yeah, imagine yeah. if you gave £10 to Oxfam and they said, oh, well, we're not going to do anything for five years. We're just going to spend all this money on growing Oxfam until in five years' time we can g- g- give, you know, a billion pounds a year. Like, yeah. everyone would be like, get lost, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, that yeah, like, yeah, charities yeah. are at a disadvantage that they can't use the consumer pounds yeah. like businesses can. It's, this talk is all about this kind of thing. Yeah. Really, really interesting. I think we touched on it before in that there's that, that whole stigma about, like, making profit for a charity is is seen as a bad thing and you know on, on a smaller scale like a, a business uh, like yourself like if like you've got to think like a business to exist and you've got to do things like like you're saying if if you just give all of the money that you got from this place to uh, a charity or to the, the homeless people in Middlesbrough or whatever then you you wouldn't function as a business so then further exactly. down the line there's no like <laughs> It's it's already like a great thing that you're thinking like that and that you are doing like positive change. So, like like you say, it's it, it's it makes total sense to to then kind of reinvest that money. Yeah. Um, like we we could we could spend half the amount on our coffee, um, and we you know and on our cakes and stuff yeah. that we get from Songbird Bakery. Shout yeah. out. Um, but if we did, people wouldn't come here and drink our coffee and eat yeah. our cakes, and then yeah, we yeah. wouldn't make any money, and then we wouldn't be able to give any of that money to yeah. a good cause, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, but, you know, people think, oh, this is like a kind of a charitable kind of enterprise, like, do everything on the cheap. Yeah. Like, but that doesn't actually make any sense. Yeah, so yeah. So it's, yeah. a, it's a balance to, tr- to try and be hard, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, I find it really exciting and stimulating to be honest yeah, yeah yeah balances things and what's morally right and yeah yeah and like you said like kind of everything that that 
every kind of pound you spend here on things generally is thought out and, and, and done as ethically as you can as well, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Things like the coffee beans that you buy, um, where they come from. You know, you like I get these amazing cards when I buy the coffees and find out where they came from, who grew them. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Instead of just going wherever and drinking some fucking Nescafe. Yeah. Um, and like co- coffee itself is obviously like this crazy industry now, um, which I, I never bought into until this place opened. Oh, um, thank you. Well, yeah, I just, uh, I, remem- I remember, right, um, when Starbucks first opened in the town center. Have I told you the story? No, I don't right. think so. So I remember when Starbucks opened, right, and I didn't, have, I didn't really know what it was. And I, uh, at the time, I think I was a student. I lived in Leeds, but I used to work for 10 feet tall. I used to come home, like, kind of every other weekend to do bits for 10 feet tall. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew that when I finished uni, I had a job there if I, if I put the time in in between. So, um and I, I wanted to work there because it was a cool place. And I was out flying one day and it, it opened, it hadn't been open long. And the girl I was flying with said, oh, do you want to like, go, go to Starbucks and get a coffee? And I was like, all right. Because I'd never, I'd never done it before. I'd never gone for a coffee. It was just an alien like yeah. thing to me, you know. So I went and I looked at the confusing board and said, um, I just picked the cheapest thing, which was an espresso because I had fucking no money. <laughs> so I said, oh, I'll have an, have an espresso, please. And they're like, yeah, yeah, like however much. And she'd got, you know, like a grand latte or something. And then she sat there with my, like, <laughs> tiny my espresso. Up. And I was like, well, I've done this wrong. You know <laughs> what I mean? I was like, I don't, like, I was like, I should have paid an extra pound and had something that at least came in, like, a decent sized <laughs> cup. And I drank my espresso in about three seconds. Didn't really like the taste of it. And I was then just sat there and watched her finish the coffee and then went back out flying again. <laughs> but I was like, I just, I didn't really understand it. And then as I got older, I understood it and I, I kind of knew what it was and um, have drank coffee, but I, I, I like, well, the coffee is good here, it tastes nice and uh, you've turned me into a coffee snob in that if I go to other places, generally I probably won't drink a coffee because now I'm like, if, I, if I'm going to drink a coffee, I drink a nice one and it's from here and it's, it's gorgeous yeah. or like a, a, some sort of independent kind of roasters mm-hmm. if I'm in a different city or whatever. Yeah. Good. Um, but yeah, but it's nice. And there's that, there's kind of like that other thing. Like I say, like I, I find out I'm obsessed with knowing like why things exist and where they come from and, and how um, my current driving instructor is like explained it to me and I hadn't really thought about it because she was like, everybody else just learns. She was like, the reason she was like, you kind of, I'm just inquisitive, I guess. Yeah. So when I get these little cards, I'm like, oh, that's where my coffee's from. I like that. And I can think about, think about it. Um, but like I said, but and the bonus is the coffee's really good. You know what you're doing, um, and if it wasn't, I'd be a bit like, ah, oh, should I just go somewhere else for a coffee if I yeah. wanted one? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're dead right in, in that by creating a good product and thinking about it and spending a little bit of money on it instead of thinking, oh, I need to save it to to give it to X amount. You actually end up with a much more viable thing with a much longer lifespan than something that probably be for the next 25 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it's really interesting you should mention Starbucks actually. Um, because it, you know, Ben in, works at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but in speciality coffee, you know, Starbucks have got a bad name. Yeah. Uh, and to, even in society at the moment, they have a bad name because they don't pay their taxes, which is wrong. Right. Um, uh, but if it wasn't for Starbucks, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Starbucks, when they came, they call it the second wave of coffee, essentially. Right. They came here and opened like hundreds of stores in the end. And then Costa did the same thing. Yeah. Caffeineo did the same thing, and they all competed with each other. Yeah. And the coffee industry grew as a whole. Yeah. Uh, if Starbucks had never done that, 
in middles people in Middlesbrough didn't start drinking coffee then there probably wouldn't have been a space for us to kind of take the next step from them yeah um so yeah as much as as much as like they're kind of berated um like all the specialty coffee industry slag them off but it's like well yeah we wouldn't be here you might not have for them. yeah 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 so, and if it wasn't got starbucks it would just been someone else would have done it you know yeah I mean? yeah true yeah but they've had a really important role to play in in the emergence of shops like ours yeah so yeah i've like a really like weird kind of thought process towards them you know in one yeah one end, yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. Like, it's like they're yeah they've created it's, it's like you know facebook in it like i said like on a, on a, on a similar scale where like you go well yeah i i'm one for talking about the evils of social media a lot um in terms of regulating and stuff but again as i've already said um i wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for it and where would i put something like a podcast you know what i mean like it, it, it wouldn't exist like if, if we go back 20 years you know like the it's what you get is what's on tv and that's it so it's a, a strange old world we're living in it yeah so What's next for for off the ground? What's kind of like your your vision for it? I guess in the next over the next if if you ideal situation in a couple of years if you want to say oh it's ah it's exciting yeah um you know I'm not a that's, at the end of the day I'm, I'm, I'm not a rich person I've never been a rich person and all the money that we used to open this place was borrowed right um so at the moment uh, and for the first like three years we're like eighteen months in now like we have debilitatingly high pay like repayments repayments for yeah. loans um, so there's always just a tiny tiny bit left which is what I'm saying it's like it's not it's, it's not easy to give as much as we would like to yeah uh, sitting equally so oh, it's, it's not as easy to grow as you would yeah. also like to um, so there's loads and loads and loads of ideas that we have um, uh, first of all you know we've been open 18 months and the only food that we do is toasties and soup like we're in the middle of in about three weeks we'll have a new food menu which is quite exciting yeah um, it's absolutely terrifying because I have no real experience with with food, food. And that, like, yeah, yeah. it's all been I've all been a complete learning curve as it was with coffee in the first place I suppose and so that's the first um, the first thing I, w- w- that we're doing um, you know we've got an outdoor area which is not yet finished right then there's an upstairs if we really wanted we could probably do you have the upstairs as well we don't but there are flats but if we wanted we could Right, okay, you could go further, yeah, yeah. We could put a kitchen in there, we could put anything in there. Yeah. There's loads of cool things we could do. We could even put a mezzanine level in here if we wanted to. Yeah. You know, like, like we could open a a coffee cart on, like, a train station platform. Yeah. We could, you know, ah, there's so many really exciting possibilities. We could start doing barista training for the punters if they want to learn how to make coffee. Yeah. Like, like the possibilities are endless, uh, and it's really hard to kind of bring yourself back down to earth and think, right, what actually makes logical sense is the next step yeah and how long is it actually going to take it's not going to take you a week it's going to be taking six months yeah yeah you know and you kind of have to really ground yourself and it's frustrating because you have all these mint ideas and you want to tell everyone about them but you don't get to do them yeah uh, i will like all these ideas that i have for the shop will get done yeah they won't get done soon i think that's the one thing i'd didn't expect to be so frustrating as business owner to be honest yeah um, but there's I don't know there's, I've got all these different ideas uh, and they're all in different w- in different directions I think yeah yeah and we yeah. need to just see where the, the natural flow takes us I yeah. think um, there's that you, you've got to kind of follow follow the money I guess but without letting that contradict your like belief ethos. systems yeah. ethos yeah it's a perfect word for it yeah it's like yeah. we we started this shop as um, like we wanted to like help homeless people right and but organically, in the last eighteen months, we've become a bit of a community hub. 
Yeah. Like there are loads and loads of really cool projects and really impactful projects happening in Middlesbrough. Loads of class charities. Yeah. Um, and loads of really, really, really amazing people, like really inspirational people I didn't even think were present in this town. Yeah. And they use this place as a base. Yeah. Um, and I kind of almost feel like we're going in a direction where our main, you know, aim should be to help them be a catalyst for them. Yeah. Help put people in contact with each other, maybe help people find out where, what funding they can get or yeah. help people like advertise on social media. You know, we've got loads of followers. Like it'd be really cool to say like, oh, well, this month we're featuring, you know, Friends of Nature's World. Yeah. Who are like helping to transform this really cool place. Yeah, yeah. Like there's loads of stuff we could do and I feel yeah. like maybe that's the direction that we're kind of drifting towards. Cool. Um, like we've got this amazing group of people, like I said, who come in and they do really amazing stuff. And on the table next to them, there's a group of like everyday punters from the uni and they have no idea what the amazing yeah, stuff that's happening yeah, on the table yeah, next yeah. to them. Yeah. And we could be this class place that connects the two. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that allows yeah. these amazing like kind of underground projects yeah, to yeah, yeah. be exposed to like the population as a whole. Yeah. And that as a concept really excites me. And I think that's something we, we could really help. Yeah. And you know, and arguably if we did that, then we could we help people to grow, help people to get volunteers and maybe a little bit of funding or a little bit of yeah, a few yeah. donations. We could arguably create far more positive change yeah. than we are at the moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, so I, I'm in a bit in two minds, really. Like, there's, there's so many cool things we could do. And, like, yeah. it's really, like, really have to, like, wrestle with the... Like, a lot of people, like, business people in general, because these are the guys that I've met recently, seem to be really decisive. Yeah. They seem to do things really quickly. And they're like, boom, that's not working. Like, two days afterwards, like, we're not doing that anymore. Or, like, oh, this is a good idea. We're going to start that tomorrow. Yeah, And yeah, I'm yeah. absolutely not like that as a yeah. person. I don't know whether that is a, to my... De- a detriment or it's a benefit but every single decision that I'm, we make it, yeah, I wrangle with it for a while yeah to, and I run it past people I see what the customers think I see what the staff think yeah I see whether it like sits well with me like from an ethical point of view so yeah yeah it's I'm not like and we're not like I don't think any other business in the fact that we, yeah. it takes us a long, longer to do things but I think when we do do we do make a decision it does seem to be the right one yeah. at the moment I think some of it comes from, from ego in my dealings with plenty of people from Teesside business uk business whoever um the the ones that perhaps aren't as successful as they could be they're still probably more successful than me so you know like (laughs) take it as business advice if someone doesn't own a business but um i call this a business thank you yeah i guess it is yeah um the the people that kind of the more resistant the the decisive ones are more resistant to change because they have a goal and they're going to charge this much for this service that they provide and they're going to can run at it and there's definitely something to be said for that for just having the like mm-hmm. the full hardiness to just go you know what I mean and not yeah. stop but you could be running in the wrong direction sometimes yeah. and you can be trying so so hard to do something when actually like all your customers social enterprise business whatever it is are all just kind of like leaning towards this other thing and if you just kind of take a step back and speak to a couple of people and think about it you go Oh well, actually, you know your 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 vision for off the ground, like you say, has now turned into like a, a nice community hub. So if that's kind of what it's doing naturally and organically, like it's a much easier path to go down. And you mm. go, well, I, oh, okay, I can kind of go over here and just like do these these things. What's interesting about that is you um, and I had it on a much smaller level with the, with the podcast is that 
you, I, you've now created something that might be a bit, it's, it's no longer just yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now like, <laughs> and they certainly don't have ownership stakes in it, but they're like, these, these people now have like a, a thing with off the ground and all, all the cool people that I guess I've met recently, um, Jamie, who sometimes basically, if I fuck up the audio on a podcast, Jamie Donnelly will take it off me and make it sound loads better and give it back to me and put oh, it out. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know he's a fan. And, uh, Jamie. Yeah, he's a lovely lad. Um, be quite sure the EP's out soon. I shot a video. It's going to be great. Um, the EP's going to be great. Not, I'm not just plugging my video. But, um, yeah, but, you know, when he, he'd messaged me, called on Facebook, we'd never met before, um, and he kind of said to me, yeah, let's meet it off the ground. Um, Thomas Smith, who does loads of great stuff for Mind Charity when he's not, like, flying to Brussels and talking to politicians and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what he does for a living, but he kind of like. I don't think he even knows, really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping him out with some podcast stuff for Mind, which goes back to kind of like the, the charity stuff we were talking about. He was saying he knows that if they just invested a little bit of money, their impact that their podcast that they're trying to get off the ground would be, would be far, far more than the cost of whatever it is. But um, I'm going to go down and speak to them and produce a podcast for them and um, nice. just kind of just give them a little bit of a lift because that's, that's powerful. And if I can help anyone out, I will. Yeah. Um, yeah, but when we he messaged me saying, hey, I got your number off Johnny Waters, blah, blah, blah. Um, can we meet up? He said to me, off the ground, and, you know, I could think of 10 other people that I've set up, whether it's a creative enterprise or, or whatever, have all said, yeah, that's like meet here. So, yeah, you might have created a monster. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know what I mean? So, something bigger. Because now, I, I don't know where I'd go if you just went, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to go work for back. <laughs> um, I'd be a bit like, Oh, well, I don't really want to have my meetings in Starbucks, so yeah, I wouldn't really know where to go. So, yeah, yeah, I th- yeah. You're completely right, and it's now we're now owned by like our customers essentially. Mm. Is what it feels like. You can we have to make decisions based on what they with think them in is, mind. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, like we, you know, we we have such a like. I didn't realize before we opened the shop, like how regularly people drank coffee. Yeah. Like, I did realize, obviously, I owned the coffee shop, so I hope that it was. <laughs> like, <people did laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite regularly, but Jesus, people come two or three times a day sometimes, sometimes every day, sometimes for a month, they're here every day. Right. You know, like, and it's crazy. Um, and, like, they are us, you know? And, yeah. But it happens in other coffee shops, and other co- regulars are that regular. Uh-huh. But it, it seems like we have far, far more regular people in here than a lot of other places yeah, yeah which yeah. is really really cool yeah like, and obviously they see something in here so we and we see something in them yeah. and we have to give them what they like they all seem to be quite progressive nice people as well generally um i can't think of the time when i've come in here and thought i'm quite a good judge of character i think <laughs> but you know i haven't had an interaction with every single person that i've walked yeah. in and spoken to but generally most people are kind of smiling or they're working away or they look like fun interesting people mm-hmm. you know what i mean so we've, we've been like within open 18 months we've probably had five ever issues really right. ever with anyone yeah, yeah touch wood <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah like with like problem customers people being rude right. um you know like it doesn't it, but which you're going to get anywhere yeah you know but I mean? other like, seems to happen like every day yeah like, and, yeah, yeah. and the beauty of it is if someone <laughs> I've done it before when a lady was rude to one of the members of staff I just said like you know look if you're going to be rude to my staff then you can leave yeah. like there's no place for that in here so yeah, yeah. 
you know, like in, 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 if you work in like Starbucks, like Ben can't say that, you know? <laughs> yeah. To the yeah, customer. Yeah, so yeah. That, that police is itself in, in general, and it's kind of an automatic filter yeah. where arseholes just don't come in here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really, really like nice. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, if there, if there are people like who are horrible, we can just get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it's like you say, it's, it's nice to do that because if. You know, you work in a call centre or, or wherever, and all you just get you get an earache. You know what I mean? You can't just be like, you know what, you dick. Like I'm gonna turn your virgin off or whatever. Like virgin, <laughs> like I talk about before. all the time. You've done people that before, like, you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, your internet's gone off. I'm afraid. I'm yeah. sorry, sir. It's my only frame of reference for like the normal world because I worked at Virgin <laughs> for four months. So like, I, like uh, people are probably sick of fucking hearing about it. So I, it, so that's my example, basically. You know, like you were saying about MMA. I'd like, yeah, yeah. I know Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and working at Virgin. <laughs> they're, they're my links to normality. Everything else, I've just been winging for the fucking rest of my life. So, so yeah, snap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Well, um, it's been a lot of fun. I think we've done almost an hour there. So Have we? Yeah. Class. Fly's done it. Thanks yeah. for doing this again. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I know your time's quite precious and I took up a lot of it last time and then didn't put anything out on it. Um, all this. yeah if you like good coffee because that was the main thing that we, we kind of discussed before you kind of you didn't you said you didn't want people to come out of like charity basically you wanted yeah. people to, to come because they enjoy coming here yeah and if that x amount of the pound or whatever goes towards social change all the more power for it wasn't it and that and that that is something that, that i think you can be proud of and something that does happen here like you say, you know, it's it's a it's a good place to come. So, um, so yes, thanks, thanks for having me. I guess. Just really kind of you. Thank anything, you. anything you want to plug? Any websites anywhere people can go to learn a bit more about social change or? Ooh, um, no, but I will just I'll re-emphasize what I said earlier. Yeah. It's that podcast by Dan Pol- uh, podcast uh, TED Talk yeah. by Dan Pilotta. Yeah. Where we think about charities dead wrong. It just makes you think about charities and how yeah. they're a bit of a disadvantage and yeah. not just charities, social enterprises and anything charitable compared to like for-profit businesses. So yeah, yeah. if you can, check that out. And is, where can people find out about that Middlesbrough Community Fridge? Is that up and running yet? Not or? yet. No, okay. but it will be very soon. People yeah. are just getting DBS checked at the moment. Right, cool. <laughs> it's funny, I'm just envisioning a massive fridge. Like, it's like quite a normal size in the high fridge, street. to be honest. <laughs> I wish it was massive uh, and it, I wish it was outside. Um, and that will happen, I hope, eventually. Okay. But to start with, it will be in the Livewell Centre in the Dundas Arcade. Yeah. Um, All right, cool. Upstairs. Yeah. So, yeah. Happy days. Cool. All right. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Rick. Cool. Anytime. Do <laughs> I have to that. join in now? <laughs> Do what you want. We've drank a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs>